Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality. They make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org slash wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. Last week we released our 50th wartime diary. This week is Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut. And as a way of marking this milestone, and these dates, Yochai Meital and I will have a series of onstage conversations in New York and Cleveland. We'll discuss the process of creating wartime diaries, talk about some of the challenges we've encountered, the dilemmas we've had, the insights we've gained, So if you want to hear what covering the evolving story of this war has been like for us, we'd love to see you at one of our events. All the details are on our site, israelstory.org. And meanwhile, wishing us all calm and peaceful days ahead. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This episode of Israel Story is brought to you by our season sponsors, the Jerusalem Portfolio, a professionally managed investment portfolio of Israeli-focused public companies listed on the Tel Aviv, U.S. and London stock exchanges. Visit MyStakeInIsrael.com to learn more about how you can invest in the Israeli innovation, creativity and vision that made the desert bloom. There's no better gift or investment than owning a small piece of the Israeli economy. 
The process is easy and convenient, and in just a few minutes you can both make a wise financial investment and an ideological statement. Visit MyStakeInIsrael.com to open your account today. Hey guys, it's Mishi. In April 2010, you might recall, long-term U.S. Supreme Court Justice John Paul Stevens announced his retirement. A month later, President Obama presented his nominee. While we can't presume to replace Justice Stevens' wisdom or experience, I have selected a nominee who I believe embodies that same excellence, independence, integrity, and passion for the law, and who can ultimately provide that same kind of leadership on the court. Our Solicitor General and my friend, Elena Kagan. Later that summer, Kagan's Senate Judiciary Committee confirmation hearings began. There were statements and questions, including this one, by Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. Christmas Day bomber, where are you at on Christmas Day? Senator Graham, that is an undecided legal issue, which, uh, it, the, well, I, I suppose I should ask exactly what you mean by that. I'm assuming that the question you mean is uh, whether a person who was apprehended in the United States is... No, I just ask you where you're at on Christmas. <laughs> you know, like all Jews, I was probably at a Chinese restaurant. Great at Now, I gotta say, I never fully understood this tradition. But last year in Cambridge, Massachusetts, my wife Federica and I decided to be good members of the tribe. And lo and behold, just as soon as we stepped into Changshu on Mass Ave, we bumped into a whole bunch of folks from a Spring Hill minion. So, just in case you happen to associate December 24th with egg rolls, hot and sour soup, and sesame chicken, we wanted to offer you some appropriate audio dessert. Our sole Chinese-related story. A classic from our very first season. From the vault, here's a rerun of Nava Winkler's Whistle Stop Tour. Professional conferences come in all shapes and forms. But not many, at least none that I've ever been to, include headlining acts by chicken impersonators. But for Elik Frumchenko, a father of two-year-old twins who lives in Kiryat Ono, this seems pretty normal. For him, that's just part of the game at whistling conventions. Okay, but we should probably back up a second and introduce the man. Okay, so I'm Elik, Elik Frumchenko. I'm, well, in my profession, I'm a marketing manager. I work for an auto magazine. That's what I do in my real life. But the truth is, much like Clark Kent and Superman, Elik also has a secret identity. Yeah, you know, I'm also a professional whistler. Now, if you're like me, or just plain normal, maybe you don't know what it means to be a professional whistler. I mean, a lot of people whistle. In the shower, on the street. But it turns out that professional whistlers have an area of expertise. Okay, so first of all, I can do all kinds of cool effects. Like, for example, I can imitate a cell phone. And I can do also a vibrating cell phone. So that's pretty much my specialty. 
And beside that, all kinds of other things like bird songs. And how does one become a professional whistler? You might be asking yourselves. So here's one way. It all started when I was a nerd at the sixth grade. I did three things. First of all, I played ping pong with myself. Second, I watched Star Trek in the TV. And third, I whistle. I did some special effects and uh, very nice stuff. And they passed and, you know, I just flow with it. Then one day, after one of his Star Trek episodes was over, another program came on. That's the whistler's call and he knows it all. So remember that he's checking on you. Back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, maybe even into the 50s, you had whistlers accepted as musical artists. You had well-known professional whistlers traveling with the big bands and taking their turn. You know how the trumpet players stand up and they do their thing and then they sit down and the clarinet players stand up and they do their thing? Well, a whistler would come out in front of the band. People like Elmo Tanner. It was a documentary called Pucker Up, about professional whistlers. When, when I saw that movie, I saw that uh, there is a world of whistling that I didn't know of. You had uh, Fred Lowry, the blind whistler, Muzzy Marcelino, you know, these were all whistling greats. And I was thinking, wow, it's exactly the people that feeling like me, they have a community. Then I called myself a professional whistler. Following this experience, Elik joined all kinds of online whistler forums and whistling listservs. It's like, uh, you know, like a bunch of people are speaking in a language that only you understood. All those years, you thought you were alone. But turns out there's a bunch of whistlers out there that are meeting and doing festivals, and you're one of them. But it was only in the summer after his second year in university that Elik realized just how expansive this whole world of professional whistlers really was. Israelis are big travelers, everyone knows. But China, at least at the time, wasn't a super popular destination for young backpackers. But, well, Elik's an adventurous guy, and off he was for a five-week-long trip. Everything, the food, the costumes, the language, were completely foreign to him. So I go to this uh, Chinese uh, guest house in uh, the middle of Shanghai, you know, and uh, I was completely in a kind of a backpacking mindset. I was sitting at the computer checking my emails and uh, I saw this uh, whistling forum uh, message, a whistling festival in China. So I click it. The festival will be held at Hebei province. And then, you know, my wheels in my head started to turn and I'm saying, let's do it. So Elik wrote to the organizer, a Chinese master whistler called Whistler Li, with a ton of questions. After all, he had no idea what to expect. How far was Hebei province? Where could he stay? Would anyone at the conference speak English? A few days later, he got an answer in his Yahoo inbox. Dear Mr. Elik Fromachenko, the whistler, it will be an honor to the field of whistling in China if you could attend our convention. Whistler Li sent Elik directions to some restaurant in Hebei province. They were in Chinese, of course. So I went to the central bus station in Beijing. And I showed this letter that uh, he sent me to a bunch of people who didn't speak any English. Got to the bus, no one spoke there in English. After two hours, he dropped me in the middle of some interstate freeway. And you just go down in a highway and you wait for a taxi to, to come. And then taxi came very fast. 
and he took me to a trip inside the city. This Chinese taxi driver was doing like, kind of like rondels inside the city because he wanted the meter to go up and up and up and he didn't want to stop. So Eventually, Eli got to a huge restaurant. Don't forget, it is China. I guess calling it a restaurant might give you the wrong image. It wasn't like a room off the sidewalk with tables and chairs and a kitchen. No, it was this mammoth, concrete, Soviet-style, multi-story building with vast banquet halls on each landing, all full of locals dining on dishes of chicken feet and eels. Elik also noticed that there wasn't a single tourist in sight, so it all felt authentically Chinese. Elik, to say the least, didn't really fit in. Think about it. A day that started at 5 a.m., I'm stinky, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sweaty, And I have this big mochila on, and uh, my hair is all, you know, everywhere. I mean, really, I was drenched in sweat and totally disgusting. And I smelled. Yeah. He starts climbing up the stairs in search of the whistlers. And I'm walking the first floor, and I'm walking the second floor, and, and I'm all sweaty. And, you know, I'm gasping for air. The excitement, you don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know what will be. Eventually, we, we came up to the fourth floor, and he opened the door. And I see a crowd of 120 people. Whistler Lee came to the entrance and said, I want to present the great Whistler from Israel, Elik Fomchenko. And everyone stood in the same time and, and uh, clapped their hands. And I was like, shishi, shishi, which is thank you in Chinese. And I was shocked. Hey guys, it's Mishi. We'll get back to the story in just a minute. But I wanted to tell you about our new, members-only, private Facebook group. You all know we have a Public Israel Story Facebook page. That's where we post links to our episodes, make announcements about shows, and all kinds of things like that. That page has more than 10,000 followers, and will continue to operate just as it has thus far. But that page is more like an online billboard. A place where we talk to our fans. And we wanted to add a place where we talk with our fans. A place for a conversation to happen. Israel Story began as a podcast for friends and family. And we still see it that way. The only difference being that our family has now grown by a few hundred thousand people. And we want you, our community of listeners, to have an Israel Story home. A closed Facebook group where you can safely discuss new episodes and old ones ask us questions, and form connections with fellow listeners from around the world. It's sort of the exclusive club of Israel Story fans. So, check out our new Israel Story community group on Facebook. We can't wait to meet you, and for all of you to meet each other. Just head to Facebook, search for Israel Story, look for the pinned post at the top of our news feed, and join the group. See you there. This episode is brought to you by Kotel HaMishpachot, the egalitarian Kotel. As you know, here at Israel Story, we've spent a lot of time this season thinking about the Kotel. And I can wholeheartedly recommend that next time you visit Jerusalem, you check out the egalitarian Kotel for Kabbalat Shabbat. I was just there this past Friday and had a very meaningful experience. If you go you too will have the opportunity of welcoming in Shabbat at the most symbolic of Jewish locations, and doing so with a beautiful service, alongside your spouse, daughters, sons, granddaughters, grandsons. As the sun sets over Jerusalem, everyone is together, 
singing stunning melodies and partaking in a traditional service. The tefillot at Robinson's Arch, on the southern end of the Kotel, take place every Friday evening. For more information and prayer times, check out the Facebook page, Kabbalat Shabbat, at the Egalitarian Kotel. Okay, back to our story. The next two days, Elik explains, were a total blast. I guess there's just so much of the day you can fill with whistling performances and technique workshops. So most of the time, the whistlers, bus drivers, army officers, local teachers, would just sit around and talk. Only two people, Whistler Lee and a young cadet in the Chinese Navy, spoke any English. The cadet sort of appointed himself to be Elik's interpreter. And that was a pretty good call, because Elik was a real attraction. Most of the people there told him they'd never met a non-Chinese person. Local TV stations heard of the international whistler who came all the way from Israel and came to report about him. There was a serious scoop here. It was, hold on tight now, the first visit ever of a Western whistler to the area. Elik was a kind of Marco Polo number two. Everyone was just wild with excitement. I'm not really sure what he's saying, but don't take my word for it. Go to the episode webpage, click the link, and see for yourself. What you'll see is that everybody wanted to talk to Elik. There was amazing and really surreal moments uh, over there. You know, like example, there was another whistler, one of the other guests of honor, I guess. He was a 67-year-old Mongol whistler, the eldest of the group. And uh, we had kind of like a sit together in the morning at breakfast with the, all the other whistlers. And he came to me and said like this, And the translator guy is saying, he says, you Israelis should crush the Palestinians without no mercy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, she, 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 she. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I acted diplomatically. I think that we need to do a peace with the Palestinians, but, you know, and it felt like, you know, it was some f- kind of honest political summit be- between two real people. When it was finally Elik's turn to whistle, he was sort of a keynote whistler, I guess. He got on stage and said, I, w- I would like to whistle a sad Israeli war song that's called Choref 73. That's right. Of all the tunes in the world, he chose The Winter of 73. He even tried to explain, using sign language, what the song is all about. If you don't know it, it's one of those really iconic songs which basically every Israeli knows by heart and is a staple at any Yom HaZikaron, or Remembrance Day, ceremony. It was written in the early 90s and performed by a choir of IDF soldiers who were born in the winter of 1973, after their fathers returned from the Yom Kippur War. Now they sing, even though their parents had promised them that they would never have to fight another war. They themselves are soldiers, holding a gun, wearing a helmet. As removed as it was, the Chinese, well, they loved it. They were very, very excited about it and about my story. At the end of the convention, everyone gathered together to take a group photo. So I'm sitting there, me, Whistler Lee, and the old Mongol guy sitting there like right in the middle of the picture. We are the only one who is sitting, the guest of honor. And uh, I only just met these people like 48 hours earlier. 
And that was an amazing feeling. The most exciting part for me, when it really came in a full circle, when I uh, read what Whistler Lee wrote a few days after in the Whistling Forum. He was doing this convention for many years and no one came and I came. For him, it was the, the meeting with all the Whistling World. And I'm, I'm sure that he was really working on it a very long time because his English wasn't so good as the post was. So it was very exciting to read, to read this. I was really moved by it. Nava Winkler, who, since this piece aired back in 2014, has gotten married and is now Nava Goldberg. Elik Fumchenko lives in Kiryat Ono with his family. His twins are now seven, and a few years ago, little Niri joined the party. He now runs Otto Magazine and performs test drives of new cars around the world. Most importantly, however, he has never stopped whistling. Thanks to Ganit Gray, Niva Ashkenazi, and Julie Subrin, who edited the original piece. You can hear all our previous episodes on our site, israelstory.org, or by searching for Israel Story on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you usually get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all under Israel Story. And there's something really simple you can do right now that will make a big difference. We've already more than doubled our audience this season, and it is, in large part, thanks to you. In the Apple-centric world in which we live, the single best way for a podcast to grow and reach new ears is to have as many reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts as possible. So if you like our show, go to Apple Podcasts, give us those five shiny stars, and write a rave review. It's easy, it works, and it literally takes less than a minute. Israel Story is brought to you by PRX and is produced in partnership with Tablet Magazine. Our staff is Yochai Meital, Zev Levi, Yoshi Fields, Shai Satran, Maya Kosove, Roy Gilron, Joel Shupak, Sharon Rapaport, and Rotem Tzin. James Fader and Niva Ashkenazi are our wonderful production interns. Jeff Umbro from the Podglomerate is our marketing director. Sela Weisblum mixed the episode. I'm Mishi Harman, and we'll be back very, very soon with a new Israel Story episode. So, till then, Happy New Year, Shalom Shalom, and Yalla Bye. <laughs> חלמתם אותנו לראשונה עם שחר בתום הקרבות הייתם גברים עייפים שהודו למזלם הטוב הייתם נשים Thank you.
הבטחות הבטחתם יונה. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 